Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody, before we jump into the show, give you a quick overview. Dr. Craig Wright and I, in this episode, are going to give you a quick recap of his medical journey leading up to a massive transition for him and his family to come into concierge or membership-based medicine from nearly a decade of practicing in a traditional insurance-based model and kind of the challenges that he faced, the realizations, surprises, and some of the things that he's most excited about moving forward in this model. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wenzel. And today we have a very special uh, episode where my lovely and talented co-host, Jen Justice, uh, is uh, taking the the episode off. And instead, I am very excited to introduce the latest member of the Brentwood MD care team, Dr. Craig Wright. Hello, Craig. Hello, sir. I thought you were about to introduce me as lovely and talented, and I was going to have to. You're not nearly as lovely, and we have yet to see your talent, sir. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, at least on air. Um, you know, this is a really um, exciting episode for me because you and I have um, now been working together for six months, and um, you know, we've known each other for twelve years, maybe. I think so. Yep. Uh, we met. I was finishing up residency and you were coming in Mm -hmm. um, from Memphis, finishing up your training um, into the same family medicine program. So we have been aware of each other for a long time and and both live and practice in Nashville. So we've stayed in touch. Why don't, for the majority of people who are going to be listening to this, who don't know who you are, uh, why don't you take the next couple of minutes and give us a an overview of who you are, what what you've been up to, and how you've come to uh, be on your very first podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, um, it's always difficult to talk about myself a little bit. I'm not comfortable in that scenario, but I will give you a little bit of background. That makes you normal, by the way. That's great. I love normalcy in my own self. Um, I am from Nashville, um, Franklin to be specific, which as Nashville has grown, it's it's been unique that people call us unicorns now that so many people have changed, um, including yourself. Yes. Not being a national native, but um, my parents actually still live in the house I grew up in, um, which is kind of a neat, nostalgic kind of feel Mm -hmm. um, to be in the midst of a city growing so much, but having roots that are here. Mm -hmm. Um, So raised in the area, attended um, Lipscomb Academy for um, my um, middle school, high school education, um, and then went on to Lipscomb University, where I met my lovely wife who were uh, upcoming uh, 16 years of marriage wow. in December. Congrats. We have two children, um, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old little girl and little boy that keep us constantly active, as you mm-hmm. can imagine. Um, but as I went to Lipscomb University, one of the reasons I stayed in Nashville to go to that school was its strong science programs, mm-hmm. um, because I knew I wanted to be a physician since I was honestly probably my kid's age, probably wow. around you know, 10 preteen teenage years um, and was open to other avenues. But truly, I think the Lord just kept opening doors toward medicine and toward mm-hmm. medicine. Um, had some health history myself, but also in family members who 
at a young age allowed me to grow in respect for physicians, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically in primary care. Um, Specifically, my grandfather, when I was younger, had many health challenges and struggles. And when we would see him, we would always be talking about, you know, well, what did Dr. Dr. B say that he was was with um, uh, as his primary care? And as a young kid, I just recognized the influence that a primary care physician can have, not only mm-hmm. on a specific person, but on a family unit. Um, and that was real powerful. And I think that was probably the first drop of my calling mm-hmm. into medicine. And so circling back to Lipscomb, um, that gave me a great um, science program that gave me a good degree that I then went to uh, the University of Tennessee's medical school in Memphis. My mm-hmm. wife and I, we got married during that first year of school. Uh, bless her for being there during <laughs> the medical school years. Those are tough years. No doubt. Um, and then went to med school there for four years and then transitioned to Jackson, Tennessee for my family medicine, ultimately knowing that we wanted to kind of cast our net out to West Tennessee and work our way back to Nashville to, to firmly root our family and have been practicing in Nashville for a little over nine years at this point, Mm -hmm. Um, initially in a traditional medical practice, um, which was a wonderful um, experience, great way to get my career going. Um, And then I was very blessed that you and I were professional colleagues that um, uh, you were able to reach out to me when you wanted to grow this practice. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to listen and the Lord was willing to nudge (laughs) <laughs> and I am very blessed now to, like you say, have been working with you for six six months. Well, listen, the blessing is all ours. Um, we, uh, for for those that are listening who will come to know Doctor Wright, you will know, um, you will you will begin to understand how and why we chose him as our um, he he was he was our dream hire. Uh, and, and being able to bring him into our ecosystem has just allowed us to continue to do the thing that we do even better. And so you are an incredible asset and an incredible addition to our team. And we, we love having you here. Thank you. Let's jump into this. Um, I have a few questions that I have been dying to ask you offline, um, but selfishly knowing that I wanted to capture it uh, I have been holding those questions kind of close to my chest up until just a few days ago when we were planning this out. Um, but I really, uh, I'm really wanting to get under the hood of your um, professional and personal experience as you transition from a life of um, traditional training to traditional practice to nothing traditional about the way that we practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from your perspective, especially as folks, we have listenership all over the world. Um, the majority is in the United States and North America, including Canada, but there we have a fair number of listeners all over. But as people are considering different, better, other options for primary care, mm-hmm. Um, many are looking at membership-based medicine, and obviously, it's so different. It you know, humans don't like change. Mm-hmm. Change is scary. Um, I think it would be useful to kind of document your experience because I would suspect that it would be very similar, similar fears. Um, and let's just start with over the last six months. Uh, we're now in the seventh month of you being on board, but after six full months of a totally new model. What are, 
What is the or some of the biggest surprises that you have um, experienced? You know, first off, I'd say the biggest surprise is how difficult it was for me to explain um, this particular job change, so to speak, to friends or family that may be outside of the medical realm. Um, because what I found myself trying to explain was that I'm, I'm doing the same job. I'm seeing, seeing patients. I'm addressing wellness issues. I'm treating illness and sickness. Um, but in such a different way mm. that it felt so um, different for me as a provider. And what I've learned over six months is it also it's such a different experience for the member mm-hmm. that it's difficult to explain unless you experience it. You know, so to, to have somebody like from a provider standpoint, to have somebody working in traditional medicine, it's such a different day to day routine that it's hard to explain it to them. Um, it's something that almost has to be experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fortunately, through our talks, I was able to do some research and get comfortable with the routine, get comfortable with the business model, so to speak, to make sure that it was a good career decision for me. Mm -hmm. And now after just six short months, I've become bullish on Mm -hmm. this style of care as a provider, but more importantly, on this style of care for a member, for a patient. Mm -hmm. Um, I've told my family, this is the only way to do primary care. It's still growing. It's still maturing in terms of kind of general conception in the population. Mm -hmm. But if we fast forward a few years from now, this will be a common thought that when people are considering primary care, a concierge model, a a really personalized care model is going to be hopefully standard of care. I I share that hope and desire, and I share in your bullish um, thesis, I think personalized one-on-one healthcare in large part is the antidote to to so many of the health struggles that we have Mm -hmm. as as a nation, as a world. Um, And like automobiles, there are entry-level, middle-of-the-road, high-end, and ultra-luxury. There are several ways that you can travel. You can travel by bus, you can travel by plane, you can travel by first class, you can travel by private. So too in membership-based medicine, Um, there are different experiences. Um, and, and the, the, the important thing is that you find the thing that works for you. Mm -hmm. You find the provider that you feel connected with. You find a model that makes sense for your economics. Um, but, but the root of the thing that is the game changer is, um, that one-on-one care Mm -hmm. with, with a provider where, um, you know, I always say the magic of what we do is when the, in the doctor-patient relationship, the only stakeholders in that relationship are the doctor and the patient, this is where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't have other stakeholders. We don't have healthcare systems. We don't have health insurance. We don't have big corporate health entities bearing down on us, really pushing us or demanding or requiring uh, mm. certain yes. behavior. Um, w- we, we get to, from the very beginning, align our values and goals with the values and goals of our prospective members. And if it's a mutually good fit, it's, it begins to become difficult to explain because people haven't experienced anything like that, both from the doctor side of things and from the patient side of things. 
it feels old timey, as my mm-hmm. um, boys would say. You know, a, a, a phone with a cord is old timey, so that makes me old timey. Yeah. But it feels very old timey, old world, where a doctor knows you and your family your whole life, understands the full context of the family, and is, gives thoughtful advice mm-hmm. that is bespoke to the individual. Um, but packaged in a modern day tech savvy lightning speed network effect mm-hmm. that is just incredibly magical. Yes. That's the typical response I'll get from from friends or family I'm explaining it to. They'll say, well, that sounds like how medicine used to be. Yeah. Um, and and I, usually at that point I think, well, I must have described it well, because yeah. I think we feel that in the mm-hmm. way we provide care. But like you referenced, it's just taking advantage of, of course, all the resources we have um, to to take that into this next century, so to speak, and really show you what old school medicine can look like in today's culture. Um, it's a beautiful thing. 100%. Next question I have is, um, and again, these are the, the, the three big questions I have are, are very high level. Um, speaking about the doctor-patient relationship, for you specifically, how has the transition from the old model to the current model changed the way you personally are experiencing thinking about the doctor-patient relationship? Mm. I think that's where the, um, the surprise for me in this transition was how seamless the transition was for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I'm a very relational person. Um, I love getting to know people, getting to know their families, their work, their priorities, um, so that I can, as their healthcare provider, be useful to them, Mm -hmm. um, be able to give them advice that really speaks to them. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to this model of care, the beauty is there's not the structured limit of time of appointments, routine, so to speak, where I've recognized out of a traditional setting where you may have 15, 20, if you're blessed, 30 minutes with a provider, that you can obviously establish relationship and you can go to a certain depth, but it's still shallow. Mm-hmm. And there's beauty in that sure. uh, because we need healthcare for the masses, but as a relational person and as somebody who really likes to take it deeper, mm-hmm. this has been beautiful for me where that doctor-patient relationship is now almost what I'd consider truly medical friendship. Yeah, Ooh. You're really developing a friendship. Mm. I just happen to be a doctor. They may or may not be a doctor. And we develop this friendship where I've been able to have lunch with members and we chat about family. Um, but then always in my mind is, of course, what's best for them in terms of their health, their goals, their priorities, and be able to kind of chime in and be that, that wise friend, so to speak, yeah. that has knowledge in the medicine world, in the health world. But I know my patients. I know their goals. I know their family. Yeah. I know the dynamics there. So I'm able to really speak, hopefully, speak into their lives in a much more deep and meaningful fashion than I ever would have in a setting that's more limited. Yeah, you just weren't, you, you didn't have that capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've coined some phrases that I just, 
I'm obsessed with. Uh, you said, I became very good at the 10-minute sick visit and the 30-minute annual physical that you optimized given the constraints to do a really, really good job. Uh, and I, that always struck me um, that, that that was something that you had recognized and were able to put language around because it really does encapsulate, especially for a depth-driven human like mm-hmm. you who craves deeper, more authentic relationship and understands that you just can't do that without time because it takes time to build the trust. But you did the best you could, as many of our colleagues do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I would even argue that you were on the blessed side of the spectrum where, you know, many, many of our colleagues have five to six minutes for the sick Mm, visit and they get 15 to 20 for an annual physical. And like at some point going that fast you have to start trimming mm-hmm. what you are willing, able to address. And there's usually very little um, opportunity for depth, bond building, relationship anchoring conversation about how's the marriage? Mm-hmm. How's sleep? Like what, what, what's on the horizon professionally over the next year? What are you worried about? What are your greatest joys over the next year? Do you have like human stuff? Mm -hmm. It's checking boxes of cholesterol and blood pressure and diabetes screenings. And and maybe you get to check their meds and see if they're current or see that they were in the hospital and had their appendix removed six months ago. I mean, there's so much you you just do what you can and you feel good about it in one sense because you're doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. But it's like. Coming into this model, being able to do that, but no longer having to look at the clock. Mm-hmm. You're not beholden to a timeline, unless, of course, your member has a hard stop. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Um, it, it really, really is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, what about some of the time you now find with your patients on, let's call it, non-obvious doctor stuff like you you get to check the cholesterol check the blood pressure check the diabetes has there been any like experience on your end being able to to have these conversations in other areas that are clearly part of this human's experience but now you can incorporate into your thinking and your medical decision making your shared decision making Mm -hmm. about lifestyle behaviors those kind of things oh absolutely um, you know, and for years, I think I was probably maybe three years into um, my medical practice outside of residency. I was truly with one patient. I could go back to the room and explain the scenario, but for some reason, um, it seemed that I was able to consolidate so many of my goals and thoughts for this individual, but also others in my practice where I, I focus on five areas of health. I consider there to be five foundations. They're nutrition, exercise, sleep, um, stress management, and then spiritual and relational health. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just came to me. It was very, mm-hmm. almost a spiritual experience when I was like, wow, that's, that's actually good. It's mm-hmm. not from me, mm-hmm. though. This is a greater purpose why I'm sharing this. And I've shared that for years. Um, 
but now we can land there, mm-hmm. you can um, dig. which is really beautiful mm-hmm. because I've told patients this for years, but it's kind of been, well, let's just cast our net out. Like mm-hmm. you need to know nutrition is important. You need to know exercise yes. is important. Surely you do. And then you kind of get back to maybe the pressures or the metrics or the requirements of things that you're needing to do in that setting that may or may not be exceptionally helpful for that individual. We're now we're able to say, all right, let's land on these five. Yeah. Maybe even let's spend a whole few hours talking about just one of them. Yeah. Because it's um, clearly something that you're dealing with. Yes. And you can get into depth. Yes. Like I would have never even it's dreamed. It's an accelerator. Of it's that amazing. Relationship depth. It's really amazing because I truly believe those are five foundations and worthy of my attention, a member's attention. Um, and like you kind of referenced, you know, all questions are on the table. You know, yeah. everything's important. I mean, everybody's unique. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have a, you know, a day where we see several members, but everyone is special. They have a different story, mm-hmm. um, different stressors, different joys, different families, different backgrounds. And to be able to consider that. Yes in our decision-making yes. for what's best for their health is so beautiful as opposed to feeling like you maybe have to pressure the masses, so to speak, into a one-size-fits-all program. Perfectly said. That moves me into my third question, which is how has this transition affected your ability? You know, we live in a results-based economy, right? At the mm-hmm. end of the day, you and I have to deliver, uh, and there's a lot of meritocracy in what we're doing. As membership um, requires people to pay outside of their health insurance, so they're writing a check to us and they're hiring us to deliver a big result. And I like that because I, I like merit-based things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but as you are looking back over the last last six months and looking forward over the next several years. And you now see the capacity for you to provide this excellent care. Um, what would you say is the, the thing that has affected you the most in terms of providing world-class excellent care? You know, I'd say specifically, and this is a determination that, that I think we've kind of stepped around in this conversation, but but is very pertinent here, is mm-hmm. the difference between really personalized health care and maybe more of a public health yes. health care perspective, mm-hmm. um, which we've, I think, touched in that. But this is very pertinent to how I can now care for patients in that we're free of many of the restrictions and checklists that are just based on studies involving the public. There's obviously value there, and mm-hmm. those things are always considered. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, a colonoscopy recommendation or a flu shot recommendation, you know, those are public health yep. considerations that we, we, of course, consider. But we're also to take it to a deeper level where we get to say, well, here's your story. Yes. Maybe a colonoscopy needs to occur a little earlier due to your family history or due to certain symptoms you've been having or whatnot. Um, same with vaccinations or other discussions that are that are often seen on the news um, or other avenues where we're able to put that public health recommendation through the lens of this person, this member. Yes. 
and it's really beautiful and, and really almost impossible to fully um, explain. Uh, an, an analogy I f- find myself talking about with many patients is a simple fishing analogy. Hmm. Um, and I'm not a fisherman. Um, <laughs> I'd like to be, but I'm not one. But it's when you, you, know, you cast out your, your, your line, and you can just let your hook sit. And you can have done the best cast you've ever done. But if that, net, if that hook just sits, you're never going to get the fish. You've got to follow through. Um, you've got to reel it back in. You've got to go through the whole process. And I think that's been a beautiful mental analogy for me, but also for my members, as maybe I have a prospective member, I'm kind of explaining our style of care. It's the follow through. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, hey, we give you the thought, we give you the goal, the purpose, and then we bring it back in and we make sure that we caught the fish. We make yeah. sure that it worked. Um, and I often, you know, just because I don't want the member to feel too much pressure, nobody likes to feel pressure. And this is just truth that, you know, if, if, the, if the line we cast out doesn't work for them, if that strategy, if that, that, mm-hmm. that goal we set wasn't attainable or um, they weren't able to go through a certain process, that doesn't mean anything except we need to rethink, the pro- we need to rethink that program. Maybe we need to turn around and cast in another direction. Yeah. The fish are behind us. They're yeah. not in where we thought they Maybe were. Maybe change the bait. Change the bait, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this style where you're not just constantly throwing out lines and hoping you catch a fish. It's the follow-through. The um, Also, I use the word intimacy a lot mm-hmm. in my doctor-patient <laughs> relationship talk, which um, I think is just I can't come up with any other word other than yeah. it's such an intimate, close relationship. Um, and with that relationship comes those continued discussions, the simple questions of, well, how are you doing? You know, did what we talk about, did it stick? Do you have any questions? You know, you take that second, third, fourth step that in other models, you're, you're limited in the, the ability to do that. A hundred percent. I use an analogy often that like uh, if, if your primary care physician is a carpenter, he has a tool belt or she has a tool belt. Um, but in the current state of things, the only tool left for them to use is a hammer. Mm-hmm. And so when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. Which is why mm-hmm. you get this kind of generic formula. Like it's better than nothing, but this population-based health, where based on studies we did on population health, the hammer is the single best tool. Mm-hmm. We have the capacity to load our tool belt, you and I, with an infinite amount of tools, vet them, test them, evaluate them, measure them, uh, and then consider them for a member, because we don't do population health, we do health of one on one on one on one. And there may be tools that I have on my tool belt that I develop that capacity just for you. And I may not use that again for another 10 years, but it's the perfect tool for the job. Um, I had a tree that went down last week. There were some huge storms that came through, storms that came through Nashville, and a massive limb, um, probably several thousand pounds. Um, and it's it's a daunting task until you get the right tool. Went to Home Depot, ran the perfect chainsaw, thought it out. Ten minutes, I had that thing chopped and stacked. Another ten minutes, I had a buddy's truck. So with the truck and the chainsaw. It was an hour job. But 
if I pulled out my hatchet, which I love, wouldn't have been 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I, I see, great. I see a lot of that. Um, and I also gave myself the whole day to do it. So I wasn't beholden to the clock, mm -hmm. but it was kind of remarkable. It kind of struck me as kind of comical as the job was done. I was like, wow, these really, really scary jobs are quite simple if you have the right tools. That's right. Um, it's a great analogy. Well, this is, this has been really great. I, I think this is a great place to kind of pause. Um, it, it's, it's, it bears repeating. We're just thrilled to have you on our team and, and you have elevated our room. You have elevated our thinking, you've elevated our care and, uh, the patients love you. The staff loves you. And we're, we're just thrilled to have you on board. Mm, thank you for the opportunity. So wonderful, yeah. wonderful uh, job we do. It, it really is. We'll talk soon. Thanks. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.